from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Uncovering the secrets in the soil. We just harvested our eighth corn crop with zero phosphorus at planting time. How one Ohio farmer is able to do it all while keeping conservation top of mind. Is there enough competition in the seed industry? Ag leaders are looking for answers. So I think if, if things are gonna happen on there, it's gonna be in a broader scope than just agriculture. As the Ag Secretary addresses a record crowd here in Orlando. It's a pivotal moment. His focus for 2023 as we wrap up another year of Commodity Classic, right now on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. A record-breaking crowd of more than 10,000 on hand for Commodity Classic. Friday, USDA's top farmer, the Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack, joining the nation's grain growers to talk about expanding opportunities. Secretary Vilsack addressing the crowd at Commodity Classic, his focus, increasing competition and income opportunities for farmers and rural America. In my lifetime, the productivity of American farming has increased 17 times. It is a remarkable story of productivity. The secretary announcing details about a program he first revealed a year ago here at Commodity, money to help increase domestic fertilizer. USDA planning to give out $29 million in grants to eight companies, including a facility in Alabama. Focus on increasing the productivity and production of controlled release fertilizer. Uh, they hope to be able to increase their supply by as much as 40,000 tons with the uh, small grant that we're providing. There's a facility in Missouri that's focused on um, um, a microbial fertilizer. Now, part of the reason impacts from global events like the war in Ukraine. It's also why he spoke about trade and the recent dispute with Mexico over their plans to ban U.S. GMO corn. So we began with the uh, U.S. Trade Representative's Office uh, the formal process under USMCA in a consultation to make sure that we defend uh, the notion uh, of a science-based trading system, that we send a strong message to the world about the safety of biotech products, and we ensure that we continue to have market access. And focusing on new income streams for U.S. ag, including climate smart and carbon programs, selling renewable energy like wind and solar back to the grid, and of course, renewable biodiesel. It's a 36 billion gallon industry that doesn't exist today for all intents and purposes. It's a new opportunity for American agriculture to lead the way. Calling all of these investments a turning point for rural America. It's a pivotal moment. And with the Farm Bill conversation coming up, what we have is the opportunity to ensure that these kinds of opportunities remain viable. Michelle Rook also listening to the Secretary's speech. And Michelle, he spoke again about competition in the seed industry. Clinton's Secretary Vilsack gave farmers details of USDA's three-pronged approach to dealing with concentration in the seed industry based off their findings in a recent seed consolidation report. This includes creating a liaison between USDA and breeders and farmers so they will have input in establishing patent protection. Vilsack says the liaison will make sure farmer concerns and awareness are heightened, especially as applications for patents are reviewed. They also established a working group with the Patent Trade Office. And that working group is going to work with the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission to make sure that as patents are being considered, uh, that we look at the impact of them from a regional perspective, 
As you well know, uh, when you're purchasing seed, sometimes you're purchasing seed with multiple traits. Some of those traits are very important to your region, but oftentimes there are traits that aren't necessarily needed on your farm. Bill Sachs says farmers should not be paying for traits that are not needed. So the working group will take information from farmers about the variety and type of seed being sold so they know exactly what they're buying. He says this will also ensure farmers are paying a reasonable cost for traits and innovation. Representatives of the seed industry say it will be difficult to undo the concentration that is already in place. Yes, he can name a liaison, which he is doing. Yes, he can have a website that's open for comments. But as far as really looking at intellectual property rights, um, you know, you'd have to work with other sections of government. As far as really looking at consolidation issues, it's probably more a Department of Justice thing. So I think if, if things are going to happen on there, it's going to be in a broader scope than just agriculture and certainly I, I strongly suspect not part of the farm bill. Thatcher adds that while seed companies are getting bigger, so are farmers. Plus, independent seed producers still make up 22% of the market. Beyond that, Thatcher says over the last 20 years, the Department of Justice has done very little to respond to the calls for less consolidation in agriculture in general. DOJ has done countless investigations, but rarely do they result in any changes. All right, thanks, Michelle. The Biden administration also releasing its new 2024 budget proposal. It comes in at $6.8 trillion and aims to increase taxes on the wealthy while steering more money into programs such as Medicare. There are also several key issues for ag. They include proposals that focus on the conservation, research, and lending, and the farm bill, including changing the Farm Service Agency as a lender of last resort to be the lender of first opportunity. The USDA is proposing to boost the limit for microloans from $50,000 to $100,000. Officials also want to eliminate the limit on the number of years a borrower can apply for direct farm ownership loans. There is also $24 billion in funding for climate resilience and conservation, with the funding aiming to help communities combat climate-caused disasters. There would also be more spending for oversight of food products, but the proposals have no chance of becoming law right now because Obviously, Republicans are in charge of the House. It's instead expected the budget plan will serve as a political talking point for the president. Ranchers in California getting a big helping hand from above to keep cattle fed as that snow continues to pile up. The California National Guard delivering hay to stranded cattle in Humboldt County last week. Ranchers in that far northern county of the state say their animals have had absolutely no feed because there's no grass showing and they have not been able to get to their cows for days. After enduring its worst drought in 1,200 years, now only 3% of the state remains in extreme drought compared to more than a third last year after several rounds of snow and rain hit the state. Meteorologist Chuck Heaver joins us and Chuck, it was another wet weekend. Out west is more on the way this week. Well, first of all, let's take a look at the root zone because we want to see really where the water is. And of course, the water is off to the west and the center part of the country continues to remain dry off to the east as well. We're in a pretty normal situation. Now, what's the precipitation look like? Well, of course, in all of the areas that we really don't need all the precipitation off to the west and off to the east and the center part of the country remains dry. Okay, well, what does it look like trying to drive through all of that snow in California? The California Highway Patrol out of Truckee shares this video from last week. And as you can see, it is no easy task. It's probably just a better idea to stay home 
what it looks like this outside. Okay, I'll have your forecast coming up. 2022 was a big year for beef exports, but so far this year, they're off to a slow start. The U.S. Meat Export Federation reporting beef exports fell 15% in January. Year over year, the value was down 32%. Now, the organization saying beef inventories swelled in some key markets near the end of last year, but pork exports, which posted a strong finish last year, maintained momentum to start 2023. And it reports that January, Pork exports are up 13% year over year, while export values climbed 16%. USMEF had a booth here at Commodity Classic, and I spoke with one of their economic experts about what it will take to boost that beef trade back up. It's interesting, but these importers generally, when prices are going down, they do kind of step back and sit on the sidelines. So once we start to see prices accelerate, like you said, the market starting to heat up, then you will generate more interest uh, from those international buyers. And this was key for grain farmers to see here at Commodity Classic, the importance of exporting corn and soybeans with meat exports. Last year, USMEF says beef and pork exports contributed a total economic impact of more than $13 billion to U.S. corn, while the export of soybeans through U.S. pork had an economic impact of more than $8 billion to U.S. soybeans. Still ahead, two combinations come together to make a new ice cream flavor, and we're not talking about your typical fruits or sweets. Plus, one farmer's big effort to save the soil and protect it for future generations. See what he's doing coming up. Ag Day is sponsored by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Steel Closing Wheels, perfected in conventional, excels in no-till. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package. several down days last week, corn managed to end in the green on Friday thanks to some help from wheat. Michelle Rugg joins us again from here at Commodity Classic with some insights into what we're watching this week. A mixed close in the greens on Friday. Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing is joining us and mixed on Friday but a lower week in all of the greens and the funds liquidating. How much technical damage did we do in the grain trade? Pretty heavy technical damage in particular in the corn. Wheat was already in a downtrend but wheat punched into a new low for the calendar year, as did corn. Corn prices reached their lowest level in some contracts since August, others since July. So some pretty heavy technical damage got close to filling a gap on the July corn contract that was left in June. So it, it's a marketplace that really saw a lot of liquidation, particularly the fund money it was moving out of longs. The dollar has been higher all through February. It's a pretty tough tough road right now if you're not looking at the technicals and wanting the market to be bullish. It, you just don't have enough dots to connect and, and it's been a slippery slope and it slipped off the downside right now. A lot of it was tied to money flow. A lot of it was tied to concerns about what Fed Chairman Powell said about interest rates going ahead. So will the funds keep liquidating, I guess, because they are concerned about that? Sure. If you, if you look at a net cumulative position of funds, it's an inverse relationship to interest rates. So as interest rates have gone up since midsummer, the fund positions have actually been on a decline. So the money has been gradually, if not steadily, leaving the marketplace in a lot of commodities, but in particular wheat and now corn. Fundamentally, are we justified to be this low right now? Um, the question might have been fundamentally we're justified as high as we were, let's say at harvest. Okay. So I, I think we're getting to a point now where you can argue we're getting oversold 
It's become a value to the end user. If you look at like the carry out in soybeans, paper thin, not a lot of room to air in South America or the US. We need big corn acres to fill demand. You'll have more demand here. That the outlook for them. We saw the USDA already penciling in more export expectations. So we're getting to fair price levels for the end user. And if I'm an end user, I'm getting ready to step up in a bigger way because this, this is what I've been waiting for for eight months. And we've got all the uncertainty of South America, the US, Northern Hemisphere, all the production uncertainty. Well, let's hope the pullback starts to stimulate some demand and maybe gives us a little bit of a recovery rally. Thanks so much for joining us. Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing will have more Ag Day coming up. To discuss marketing strategies, call 800-334-9779. Your next piece of equipment is on MachineRepeat.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineRepeat.com. All right, let's do a quick look at the drought monitor again, and you can see this is really amazing. The western half of the country is dry. The eastern half of the country in general is normal, no issues. But overall, we are not in a bad spot, except in this exceptionally drought area in the center part of the country, which we cannot seem to get a break from that. The root zone shows all the water and moisture coming in on the California coast with that pineapple express or the pineapple expresses, and then the rest of the country again the center part very dry the rest of the country not looking so bad except right along the coast there but we'll get some more precipitation pushed into there throughout the week this week but the temperatures for mid-march we're going to be below normal we're going to have several cold air intrusions from canada that are going to bring temperatures down and then a trough this week certainly that's going to do the same we'll be above normal down to the south so if you're in florida you're happy it's going to be beautiful weather it's going to be warm uh, downright hot in some locations. Here's those cold air lobes that are coming across. This is Monday. That's going to bring a little storm through the Chicago land and the upper Midwest area. That'll push off on the coast. Then we get another trough that dives down into the western U.S. and that works its way across the country as well. Again, bringing more cold air. In terms of precipitation, well, we're going to be above normal out to the west and down into the southeast. And then in terms of the actual surface map, we're going to have a system pushed through today through the center part of the country and the upper Midwest that'll move out and then out to the west in the northwest more precipitation. Here's a look closer to home Kansas City Kansas 42 degrees for the high mostly sunny skies low 24 over in North Berwick Maine hello 42 degrees and a low of 33 with clouds and Kingman Arizona sunshine 71 and a low of 49. The American Soybean Association Conservation Legacy Awards are brought to you by your soy checkoff. Who's replacing the petroleum and asphalt? You are. As your soy checkoff, moving soy forward, moving you forward. All this week we're going to introduce you to farmers who take conservation and soil health to a whole new level. They are all regional winners of the 2023 American Soybean Association 
Conservation Legacy Awards. And this morning, we introduce you to Les Siler, whose goal it is to preserve and improve the land for generations to come. When it comes to conservation, Ohio producers Les and Jerry Siler were early innovators and have been no-tilling 100% of their 1,680-acre farm since 1986. This whole thing is improving our soil, trying to keep the, the soil in place, uh, being able to absorb water and keep it healthy. Along the way, they also diversified their corn-soybean rotation, adding alfalfa and wheat. And in 2008, they started planting wheat and row crops into growing cover crops. Now we uh, intercede uh, corn acres after Labor Day with an airplane. In our soybean acres, we uh, drive through with the high boy cedar. Siler says they're seeing better weed control with their cover crops and the increased microbial activity in their soils has also lowered nutrient inputs. It gives us the ability to cut back on our commercial fertilizers in this particular field here. We just harvested our eighth corn crop with zero phosphorus at planting time. These environmental stewards also farm in the western Lake Erie Basin, where agriculture is the main source of nutrient runoff. They've partnered with The Ohio State University to measure the phosphorus from their farm so they can adapt practices to reach their goal of zero nutrient runoff. We are monitoring the water that flows through the drainage outlet here to uh, figure out how much phosphorus we are losing off this land. They've also developed nearly 20 acres of grass waterways, and in 2014, built this two-stage ditch. Let's, for instance, say it was running 10 mile an hour. By the time it gets up here on a high flow situation, it may slow down to, I don't know, three or five mile an hour. Over the last 40 years, the Siler's approach to conservation has nearly eliminated both wind and water erosion and improved water infiltration being able to absorb more water on the land where it falls. That, that's the whole thing about soil health and uh, our aggregate stability. Plus, Siler says healthier, more alive soils build organic matter and increase the resiliency of their crops, which translates into yield. Congratulations to the Siler family, a 2023 regional winner of the American Soybean Association's Conservation Legacy Award. And we'll introduce you to another regional winner tomorrow. Coming up, there's a new flavor for ice cream, and it's one combination you may have never considered next in the country. The American Soybean Association Conservation Legacy Awards are brought to you by Bayer. Bayer is committed to delivering better solutions for farmers while enabling them to operate more sustainably. Bayer, science for a better life. In the Country on Ag Day is brought to you by Pivot Bio. What if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed? Pivot Bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need, now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. There are all kinds of tasty treats to sample here at Commodity Classic. I enjoy the chocolate mousse with cherries, but this one is a bit out there, but you had to see it coming. Hidden Valley Ranch has teamed up with Van Leeuwen Ice Cream for, you guessed it, Hidden Valley Ranch Ice Cream. And that's not the only new flavor coming out of this collaboration. The companies are releasing a whole collection, including sweet maple cornbread, blood orange chocolate chip, and carrot cake. 
They say the treats showcase the savory flavors of ranch with buttermilk, herbs, and a touch of sweetness. The ice cream will be available at Walmart next Monday through May. Now, would you try it? Let us know on the Ag Day Facebook page. And that's all the time we have this morning. Thanks for watching from all of us here at Ag Day. I'm Clinton Griffiths. Have a great day out in farm country. Closed captioning on Ag Day is brought to you by BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth.